This unlikely story begins on a sea that was a blue dream, as colorful as blue silk stockings, and beneath the sky as blue as the irises of children's eyes. From the western half of the sky, the sun was shining little golden disks at the sea. If you gazed intently enough, you could see them skip from wave tip to wave tip, until they joined a broad collar of golden coin that was collecting half a mile out, and would eventually be a dazzling sunset. About halfway between the Florida shore and the golden collar, a white steam yacht, very young and graceful, was riding at anchor, and under a blue and white awning aft, a yellow-haired girl reclined in a wicker settee, reading The Revolt of the Angels by Anatole France. She was nineteen, slender and supple, with a spoiled, alluring mouth and quick gray eyes full of radiant curiosity. Her feet, stockingless, and adorned rather than clad in blue satin slippers, which swung nonchalantly from her toes, were perched on the arm of a settee adjoining the one she occupied. And as she read, she intermittently regaled herself by a faint application to her tongue of a half-lemon that she held in her hand. The other half, sucked dry, lie on the deck at her feet and rocked very gently to and fro at the almost imperceptible motion of the tide. The second half-lemon was well-nigh pulpless, and the golden collar had grown astonishing in width, when suddenly the drowsy silence which enveloped the yacht was broken by the sound of heavy footsteps, and an elderly man topped with orderly gray hair and clad in a white flannel suit appeared at the head of the companionway. There he paused for a moment, until his eyes became accustomed to the sun. And then seeing the girl under the awning, he uttered a long, even grunt of disapproval. If he had intended thereby to obtain a rise of any sort, he was doomed to disappointment. The girl calmly turned over two pages, turned back one, raised the lemon mechanically to tasting distance, and then very faintly but quite unmistakably yawned. Audita? said the gray-haired man sternly. Audita uttered a small sound indicating nothing. Audita, he repeated. Audita! Audita raised the lemon languidly, allowing three words to slip out before it reached her tongue. Oh, shut up! Audita! What? Will you listen to me, or will I have to get a servant to hold you while I talk to you? The lemon descended very slowly and scornfully. Put it in writing. Will you have the decency to close that abominable book and discard that damn lemon for two minutes? Can't you leave me alone for a second? Audita, I have just received a telephone message from the shore. Telephone? She showed for the first time a faint interest. Yes, it was... Do you mean to say she interrupted wonderingly. That, uh, they let you run a wire out here? Yes, and just now. Won't other boats bump into it? No, it's run along the bottom. Five minutes. Oh, well, I'd be darned. Gosh, science is golden or something, isn't it? Will you let me say what I started to? Shoot. Well, it seems... Well, I'm up here. He paused and swallowed several times distractedly. 
Oh, <clears throat> yes, young woman. Colonel Morland has called up again to ask me to be sure to bring you to dinner. His son Toby has come all the way from New York to meet you, and he's invited several other young people. For the last time, will you? No, said Ardita shortly. I won't. I came along on this darn cruise with the one idea of going to Palm Beach, and you knew it, and I absolutely refused to meet any darn old colonel, or any darn young Toby, or any darn old young people, or to set foot in any other darn old town in this crazy state. So you either take me to Palm Beach, or else shut up and go away. Very well. This is the last straw.